0: And sickness and disease and all of that and uh, it's a good time of the year to know about authority over the devil I think there's a day coming up what when is when is Halloween ooh. aren't you glad we have authority over all the huh? oh yeah and uh, so we have authority Jesus has given us authority uh, so we talked about that last week but this week I want to uh, say a little bit more about it because our authority can only be exercised within certain realms. And uh, sometimes folks get frustrated because they're using authority, trying to use authority, but uh, not seeing any results. And this message today will, will help you understand where, where your authority that Jesus has given you in his name will work and instances where it is limited or may not work at all. So this should be helpful to you. Um, for example, if uh, if a tornado is headed towards Fenton, and we've done this so many times over the years. Uh, we use our authority in the name of Jesus. We don't ask God to do something about the tornado. He's given us authority. And we speak to it in the name of Jesus and command it to go north, south, break up one or the other before it gets to us. And we've seen that time and time again. I, I've, I mean, people have been shocked and amazed when I even had one guy, he was emailing me or texting me back in years ago because there was we were put on the bullseye here in St. Louis in this Fenton area is supposed to be blown off the map by a tornado. And we just before it got here, we started speaking to it. And uh, the guy texted me or whatever it was, and he was just shocked that he said, right, right when it got to Fenton, it, it broke up, it just dissipated. Well, why should we be shocked at that? I mean, you know, we used our authority and it worked, you know, and a lot of Christians would be begging God to do something about it and get blown off the map. And then blame God for getting blown off the map. Say God didn't do anything. But God did something. He's given us authority in the name of Jesus. And we're not supposed to ask God to do something about the tornado. We need to speak to it ourselves. Is that right? In the name of Jesus. We've done that again and again. And it works. Now, I had a fellow come up to me one time and he said, There's a, a bad weather coming through such and such country, you know, down south. This years back, he came to me and said, now why don't you do something about that? Well, I don't have any authority down there. The people down there need to do something about that. Now, did you get what I just said? Now, if you have a loved one, a child or somebody down south, now you've got some authority down there. Okay? But I didn't have anybody down there that I, or any property or anything down there that I had any authority over. So, very limited what I could do down there. Did you get that? If you get that right there, that'll help you. Um, now, some realms that we have authority in. Certainly, I think you'd agree that we have authority over ourselves. And, of course, uh, a husband would have authority over his wife, you know, to speak to the devil and command him to leave his wife alone. We'd have authority there, you see. Uh But... uh I would only have that authority over my own wife, and she'd have authority over me as, as being her husband. Did you get Did you get that? Yes. And uh, then also, too, you need to realize this: a person's will cannot be violated. You can't violate somebody's will. D- did you hear Did you hear me on that? You cannot violate somebody's will. I've already seen people trying to use. The name of Jesus to try to change somebody's will, and that won't work. That gets over into witchcraft, and God's not a part of witchcraft, you see. You can't change people's wills. Now then, parents, you need to listen real close here. I see a lot of little children in here. Isn't it good to see a lot of little children in in church? It's really good. Um, You have authority, spiritual authority, natural authority certainly, but spiritual authority over your children. You need to realize that young children particularly young children particularly when they're young you have spiritual authority and uh over them you also need to be teaching your kids about the authority that they have in the name of Jesus but notice mark the 7th chapter in the 24th verse mark 7:24 from there he, Jesus, arose and went to the region of Tyre and Sidon. This is Mark 7:24. And he entered a house, verse 24, and wanted no one to know it, but he could not be hidden. For a woman whose young daughter, notice young daughter. You need to note that young daughter. Had an unclean spirit, heard about him, and she came and fell at his feet. Now, I'm not going to read the whole thing for the sake of time. This is a Syrophoenician woman and uh, her daughter had it was possessed with a demon spirit. And notice this woman came and submitted herself to Jesus's authority on behalf of her young realize I say, young daughter. It's interesting that the scripture uh, makes reference to young. She was young. What does that have to do with anything? This woman had authority, spiritual authority over her daughter because she was young, still living in the woman's household, no doubt. So she had authority there. And then this woman came and subjected herself to Jesus authority. And now that gives Jesus. Authority to do something. To help this young girl. Now, folks would just grab a hold of that. It would be so helpful. It has everything in the world to do with Authority. You, you really can't exercise authority where you don't have authority. And then, of course, Jesus, there's some dialogue back and forth between Jesus and this woman. And then the woman, Jesus helps her, you know, speaks the word. Then in verse 30, when she had come to her house, she found the demon gone out of her daughter and her daughter was lying on the bed. Notice when she'd come to her house, see she the the young girl was still under her mother's authority. Did you, did you get that? Do you, are you seeing that? And do you see that this woman subjected herself to Jesus? Do you see that? Now, notice Matthew 17, verse 14. And when they'd come to the multitude, a man came to Jesus kneeling down. Kneeling, do you see that kneeling down to him? This man subjecting himself to Jesus' authority. He said, Lord, have mercy on my son. He's an epileptic. He suffers severely. For he often falls into the fire and into the water. See, the demon was driving the boy into the water, into the fire, trying to kill him. So I brought him. Now, this is sad. One of the saddest verses in the Bible. I brought him to your disciples. They couldn't cure him. Isn't that sad when people come to men of God, the men of God can't help them. and we'll we'll note here why they couldn't help him actually see Jesus had just come down from the mountain if i'm not mistaken from prayer and, uh, and and while he was up praying with peter james and john this man had come to the other disciples and they couldn't help this man and his young boy jesus said faithless perverse verse 17 O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, in the child. Realize, say the child. You study this out in the Greek. It's a, it was a young. It was a young boy. He see. He was under his parents. His father's authority. It's a young child. The Greek makes it clear. The original language the Bible was written in makes it clear. This was a young child. So the father had authority. And he brought him to Jesus' disciples. Disciples couldn't help him. But then he... Thank God you can bring him to Jesus. Amen. And notice he was cured from that hour. So let me ask you this. Did this man submit himself to Jesus? Well, you see that in verse 14. He kneeled down before him. And this young child, he was young. He was under this man's authority. Then the disciples, verse 19... See, the child was cured from that very hour. Verse 18, verse 19, the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? It's a good question. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. And then as you read this in the other accounts, this is what what account is this Uh, Matthew's account? But I think it's Mark or Luke's account brings out Jesus also went on to say that this kind of demon comes out, not not except by prayer. And then some say, and fasting. Do you remember uh, last week when we read in the book of James, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee? So I can only ascertain from this is that Jesus said it was because of their unbelief, but also it was a lack of submission to God, a lack of submission to God. They weren't praying as they should. Can you imagine that walking with Jesus in his earthly ministry and not praying as you should? But that's evidently what happened here. These guys weren't as dedicated as they as they should have been. And uh, they weren't submitted to God. When you're not submitted to God, there won't be there'll be doubt and unbelief. And Jesus said, verse 20, because you're unbelief. But Jesus was able to help the boy. And the reason was, is because the man came and submitted himself to Jesus. And this was a young child under the father's authority. So then Jesus could do something. We also notice we won't turn there, but does anybody remember how old Jairus' daughter was? Twelve years old. So Jesus, would you say that a twelve-year-old would still be under their parents' authority? Sure. But you see, so Jesus was able to help her. Now, as your child grows up, they will need to begin exercising authority for themselves. I remember Brother Hagin tells the story about his son, who is now Pastor Hagin, you know. But when when Pastor Hagen was very small, uh, Brother Hagen, when whenever something would happen to Pastor Hagen, he was, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old, whatever, even younger. Brother Hagen was able to pray the prayer of faith and get him healed. But all of a sudden, I think it had something to do with an ear, ear problem or something. I'm not sure what it was. But as I think Pastor Hagen was 15 years old at the time. And. And. Uh, and so Brother Hagen went to pray for him and wasn't getting the healing, wasn't getting the results. Like he was getting when, they, when Pastor Hagen was much younger and he sought the Lord about it. And, and he felt the Lord speak to him and say that, uh, you know, he, he, he said he's been sitting, Pastor Hagen he's 15 years old. He's been sitting all these years in these services where he's heard you preach the word. He can preach some of your sermons better than you can. And now he is at the age where he needs to stand on his own. And so we went in and talked to, to Pastor Hagen about that. Pastor Hagen rebuked the sickness for a 15-year-old boy for himself, and, and he got healed. Isn't that wonderful? See, as your children get older, particularly if, they're, if, if, if they've learned, if you've trained them properly, if you've trained them properly, as they get older, they're going to reach a point where they're going to have to stand for themselves. Now, if they don't know much about the Word of God, then... Isn't God merciful? I believe that he'll allow us to exercise authority if your children are limited. But, but you have to realize this as they become adults, your authority, your spiritual authority, even if they don't know as much as they should, becomes more limited than it was when they were little. Did you get what I just said? Yes. That's helpful if you'll understand that. Now, so certainly over your, your children, you have spiritual authority. Now, let's talk about the lives of others maybe that aren't children. Notice in Matthew, the 8th chapter and the 5th verse. Jesus entered Capernaum and a centurion came to him pleading with him. Saying, Lord. Now notice he's, he's, he's showing respect to Jesus. He's pleading with Jesus. He's subjecting himself to Jesus. And he says in verse 6, my servant is lying at home paralyzed. Notice, my servant. Now is this servant, he's a servant. So he's under this, he's under this centurion's authority. Is that that correct? So my servant is lying at home paralyzed. Now notice the man's laying there paralyzed. He can't come to Jesus for himself. So this centurion, his boss, the servant's boss, comes to Jesus on behalf of. And he says he's dreadfully tormented. Jesus says in verse 7, I'll come heal him. Verse 8, the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you come under my roof. Only speak a word and my servant will be healed. He said, for I also am a man under authority. So this centurion understood authority. That's what we're talking about here. Having soldiers under me and I say to this one, go and he goes and to another, come and he comes. And to my servant, do this and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, surely I said, you have not found such great, not great faith, not even in all Israel. See, that impressed Jesus that this man didn't even need Jesus to come over to the house. Just speak a word. And Jesus did. And in verse 13, he says to the centurion, go your way as you have believed. Let it be done to you. And his servant was healed from that hour. Now, do you see the chain of structural, the, the structure of the chain of authority here? Now this centurion, I have, or this servant, I have no reason to believe he was a young child. He was a fully grown man, I'm convinced. Why could the centurion go to Jesus on behalf of this fellow? It's because this fellow was under the centurion's authority. I've had people come here and uh, ask me to pray. For, for loved ones, our different ones, and over the many years. And uh, we've, we've had some outstanding praise reports of, of uh, God doing some wonderful things, healing some people. When we just stood right here in this building, just sent the word. But one thing I've asked them, and I ask them again and again as we've prayed over the last 21 some odd years. I want to know what relationship they have to the person. You know, they've come, want me to pray. What relationship do you have? And, uh, and, and the, the, the times we've had some of the greatest praise reports has been when the person requesting prayer had authority. Like they've come on behalf of a young child. Well, we can send the word and get something done, you see. But if they just have a friend of a friend ask me to pray, did you get what I just said there? This, well, how are you related to such and such? How do you, how do you know him? Well, a friend of a friend put it on a prayer request at, at work and stuck it on a bulletin board. Now, I don't have as much authority, do I? Do I? No. Are you, are you getting what I... This isn't going over your head, is it? Are you getting what I'm saying here? Okay. But like we have a church member... See there they've submitted themselves to this ministry and then they come on behalf of somebody that they have authority over like a young child or an elderly parent that that's you know that can't fend for themselves or something like that. Then we can we can we can we have greater authority you see. Now notice here in Luke the fourth chapter verse 38. Jesus arose from the synagogue and entered Simon's house. Does anybody know who Simon is? Simon Peter? But notice this. Simon's wife's mother was sick with a high fever. And they made request of him concerning her. Notice this. Jesus went into Peter's house. It's interesting. Jesus didn't do a thing until They made request of him. Did you know that when you enter somebody else's house. You come under the authority of the person that owns the house. You come under their authority. Did you realize that? So when Jesus walked into that house. Even though he's the son of God. The matchless son of God. The creator of all things. But by the way that he himself set the structure up. When he walks in Peter's house. Now he is subject to Peter. Did you get that? And he didn't do a thing and couldn't do a thing unless they asked him. They made request of him concerning her. He stood over her and begged the father God to do something about the fever. Is that what the Bible says? No, he spoke to the fever and it left her. And immediately she arose and served them. Do you see how the authority works? When I go over to somebody's house and uh, a lot of times they just expect I'm the pastor, I'm going to pray over the food, I won't open my mouth unless I'm asked. Did you hear me? I I could go over to somebody's house and and, and, and if if there were demon spirits there, and I seldom talk like this, but if there were and they were clanging clanging the plates around, I would stand there, wouldn't do a thing, couldn't do a thing unless you asked me. Now I'd be wondering why, if you've been sitting under the teaching here at this church all these years, why you haven't done something about it, huh? Yeah, I had a fellow. I have this later in my notes, but I'll just share it with you now. I had a fellow that attended the church some in years gone by, and he had purchased a house and came and he said in the he said in the night we've got rapping on the walls. I got everybody's attention now. Woo! You know there are demon spirits. You need to understand that. You know there is really such a thing as haunted houses. You need to understand that. Now they're not they're not human spirits of people that died in those houses or something like that. Human spirit, when somebody dies, their spirit, if they're saved, know Jesus, they go to heaven. If they're if they don't know Jesus, they go to hell. Do you understand that? But there are demon spirits. And he anyway. And he said, uh he came to me and and, and he said Wrapping on the walls, and so I, I, he, he was—he had subjected himself to my authority. He owned the house. We just sent the word. I didn't scream, didn't yell. I just said, "In the name of the Lord Jesus, I command those demon spirits to cease and desist in their operation against you and yours." That's all I said. Didn't feel any goosebumps. Didn't feel any wind blowing. Didn't—didn't didn't, no nothing. See, people a lot of times waiting for goosebumps or. No, no, no. That's so all I did. Exercise my authority. And he came back in a couple of weeks and just was rejoiced and said that it was all stopped. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? That's wonderful, isn't it? And again, we're trying to get this through to you. A lot of times we're wondering, why doesn't God do something about this? Why doesn't God stop the devil's attack? Why doesn't God stop the sickness and disease? He's done all he's going to do for you. He's not going to do any more for you than he's already done. He's waiting for you to stand up in your authority, resist the devil, and he will what? Flee. If you've submitted yourself to God, he has to go. I remember, it's interesting here, they made request of Jesus concerning... Peter's mother-in-law, uh, probably somewhat elderly, I don't know how old she was, but I know this, I lived this out in my own life. My mother, as she got up in years, and, and even before she got up in years, and she lived alone, I know I kept I kept her angels. You know, everybody has angels assigned to them. I kept those angels busy. I charged them almost every day with the Word of God to keep my mother safe. Even my wife is amazed at my mother. That something bad didn't happen to her—fall down, break something, or this, that, or the other—but we kept the angels active, amen. And uh, and and, and uh, it's really miraculous. It's some, am I? I'm not stretching that, am I? But the angels kept her safe. See, I had authority. Not only did I have, as her son, authority over her, but she was a member of this church. You see, so I had pastoral. You you need to realize a pastor does have spiritual authority over you. But there again I can't won't violate your will but I, like my mother I had I was her son so I had authority that avenue plus she was a member of the church so I had pastoral authority over to, over her too you see and I was able to charge the angels and keep her safe till she till the angels came and well they were right there with her till she went on to be to be with the Lord can you say amen And look at Luke, the 10th chapter and the 8th verse. We could go on all day on this. I'm going to shorten this down a little bit because I think you're getting the point. Just cut a few of these things out as we go here. Are you getting the point? You getting what I'm. you getting it? Look here, Luke 10, verse 8. Jesus said to his disciples, he sent the 70 out two by two. He said, whatever city, and you can read the other gospel accounts, it applied to houses also. Whatever city or whatever house you enter. And they receive you, eat such things that are set before you, heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. But whatever city you enter and they do not receive you, go out into the streets and say, the very dust of your city which clings to us, wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near you. So you see, when they when those 70 went out two by two and they'd go into these different, different uh, cities, if the people would receive them, then... They were able to exercise that authority that Jesus gave them in His name. But if they didn't receive them, then the implication is they w- they were not able to exercise authority. And you can see that in verse 17 when they came back to Jesus. Look at verse 17. They returned with joy, saying, "Lord, even the what demons, demons are subject to us in Your name." But that would only be in the areas where they'd receive them. You see? Do you understand that? Now. Look at Mark, the sixth chapter, because a lot of times people don't understand this as they should. Talking about authority, we're going to see here Jesus, the matchless Son of God, had very limited authority in his own hometown. Look at Mark 6.1. Then he went out from there and came to his own country. Notice that. He's in his own hometown. His disciples followed him. Verse 5. He could do there no mighty work. Didn't say that he wouldn't, said he what? He couldn't. Can you imagine that Jesus can't do any mighty work? in the, it, he, Well, this is his own hometown, bless God. This is where he was brought up. He has complete and total authority here. It's his own hometown. He said he could do there no mighty work. Is that what your Bible says? Except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. There were just a few there that would give him authority. He marveled because of their unbelief. And he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. He marveled because of their unbelief. He couldn't do any. They wouldn't give him the authority to do it. Jesus himself. Now it's interesting. Jesus. I know a lot of Christians that would have just started pulling down demons. And and taking authority. And slamming their hand down at Trying to get something to happen. Jesus didn't do that. You know what he did? He went out teaching the word. You need to realize this. In so many situations, it's not the binding of the devil over a community or whatever, but it's preaching the gospel, preaching the word that makes the difference. Light dispels darkness. Did you get what I just said? Let me give you another one here. Go to Mark, the fifth chapter. Are you getting anything out of this? Mark, the fifth chapter. We're talking about the maniac of Gadara. But I want you sometime to read Matthew's account of the maniac of Gadara, that demon-possessed man there, maniac. If you read Matthew's account, you'll see there were, two, there were two maniacs. There were two of them. And people have asked me this many times over the years. They say, how come Matthew says there's two and Mark says there's one? Is there a contradiction in the Bible? Not at all. The answer is simple. There were two. There were two, you see. But only one of them is mentioned in Mark, the fifth chapter, the one that wanted help, the one that wanted to be healed and set free. There were two of them. But apparently, the one of them didn't want to be free. Do you know there are some people that like to run with the devil? Did you know that? There are some people want that. There were two of them, but only one of them wanted help. And the one that wanted help, you'll see here in a minute, why, we'll see that, I'll make it clear, he wanted help and Jesus was able to help him. Look at Mark, the fifth chapter in the sixth verse. I'm not going to take the time to read all of it, but but I'm going to show you why this guy was able to get free and why Jesus was able to help him. Mark, the fifth chapter in the sixth verse, when he saw Jesus from afar, what did he do? He ran and... This maniac had enough semblance about himself. He wanted free, but he couldn't get free. He needed help. Thank God Jesus was able to help him, but Jesus was only able to help him because he wanted the man himself. See, there was a, the man had enough cognizance. He knew enough. He wanted to be free of this demon power, and he, the man, ran and worshipped Jesus. And then Jesus spoke to that legion of demons and was able to command them to leave. But Jesus evidently wasn't able to help the other guy. Why? Because I'm convinced the other guy didn't want to be free. If you look there at the 10th chapter. I'm sorry, the 10th verse, Mark 5 verse 10. When Jesus was speaking with those demons. You can read the whole story. They begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. You need to realize this, that as long as people in the community community want demons there, the demons have a right to stay. And evidently did you know there's different parts of the country where where demons will will uh and normally I don't talk about demons too much around here we talk about God that's what we need to do but today if, you know we're talking about demons so but you need to realize that there's different areas different parts of the country where they like to set themselves up they, they'll set themselves up where people want them now, I I noticed not too long ago I think it, I can't remember where exactly it was but they just uh revealed a statue to Satan somewhere was that in was that in Michigan Detroit, Michigan. So I wouldn't want that in St. Louis, would you? But you see, if you want that there, then that's where the demons will they'll flock to that kind of thing. And if people want it that way, Jesus himself can't do anything. Not at this, not this point. Did you hear me? I said Jesus himself can't do anything about it. If that's the way people want it. Because of his wills. See, sometimes people balk at that. Jesus can't do anything. No, he can't. No more than he could heal him in his own hometown. Because of the structure. Yeah, but you mean Jesus can't? Do... No, he can't. He can't. Because of the way he set it up. You need to understand that. If some, if your next door neighbor wants the devil in their house, there's nothing you can do about it. Now, if they want to get free, now you can help them. If they want to get free, now Jesus can help them. Did you hear what I just said? But you can keep the devil from spilling over onto your property. Amen? Remember the churches of Revelation? They were set up there. We t- studied it not long ago. How many of you remember studying the churches of Revelation? And one of them, they, this church was in the same city where the throne of Satan was, or where Satan's seat is. And Jesus expected those churches to, even though the devil was running rampant in the city, he expected those churches to rise up and overcome. Amen? Praise God. And, 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 and preach the gospel and let the light dispel the darkness. But we can keep the devil from running rampant on our property. Hallelujah. You okay? See, the reason I know that's true is 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 we how many you have a loved one you want them to get saved is that right? And I've got loved ones I want them to get saved. How many of you know God wants everybody saved. But if God could, but the way He set it up, if He could, if He could, wouldn't God make everybody get saved if He could? Wouldn't He? But everybody has that free moral, their free moral agent, free choice. And God won't violate that. Are you okay? Just a couple more. Go to Acts 16, verse 6, real quick. I hope this is helping you. It happened, look at Acts 16, 6, 16, Acts 16, 16, 16, 16. 16. It happened as we went to prayer. Now notice, this is Paul Silas going to prayer so they're submitted to God Certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune-telling Now notice here. I'm going to show you why Paul was able to get this girl helped This girl the notice the girl followed Paul and us see this demon-possessed girl Even though there was a demon in her life and was operating in her life and was bringing her her bosses much profit She had enough cognizance, I'm convinced she wanted to be free and so she followed Paul and us and just the fact that, just the fact that she's following Paul shows me that she's submitting herself to that authority that he had. Did you see that? Did you get that? In other words, let's put it this way. Let's just say Paul was going through the area and he saw this demon possessed girl and he just goes up to her and says, come out of her in the name of Jesus. So I don't think he could do that not if she wants that demon in there did her masters want those demons in that demon inside of her yeah they were bringing she was bringing those that demon inside that girl bringing her much bringing those guys much money but if people don't want to be free you can't get them free but the girl's following paul which indicates to me she's submitting to to his to the authority and she Cried out, you know, these are servants of the most high God proclaimed us way of salvation. This she did for many days. Paul greatly annoyed, turned and said, Did he say to the girl or to the spirit? To the spirit. See, the girl was following Paul, but there was a spirit in her, and I'm convinced she wanted free of it. Her masters didn't want her free, but she did. Now it's interesting, even though the masters didn't want her free, the girl wanted free, see? And and, and then Paul was able to help her. Said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And he came out that very hour. Praise God. Is that wonderful? Hey, let me give you one more of these since I, I see you're really enjoying this. Look at Mark 1, verse 21. This is interesting, isn't it? I think it is. They came to Capernaum. Mark 1, 21. Immediately on the Sabbath, Jesus entered the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his teaching. He taught them as one having authority, not as the scribes. And there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit and cried out, Ah! Don't see that in too many churches, do you? That wakes some people up? I'm going to tell you a story here just a minute about something almost, almost like that. Only only that was just me screaming. Just think you got the devil screaming. I've had that happen in, in this church years ago. Let me tell you about it real quick when I read this. And uh, he cried out, saying, Let us alone! What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet, come out of him. And when an unclean-spirited convulsed him, convulsed him. Think about that, right? In church. That'll make visitors nervous, won't it? Convulsed. Convulsed convulsed him and cried out with a loud another loud voice he came out of him then they were all amazed and questioned among themselves saying what is this what new doctrine is this for with authority he commands even the unclean spirits say oh bam and the preachers last week didn't act like this i mean what's going on jesus had authority he knew he knew his authority He exercised his authority why was he able to help this man the man had come to the synagogue did you see we read these stories a lot of time and we miss this the man came to church so to speak He came to the synagogue. I know it was in a church synagogue, but he came to the synagogue He sub, the man even though the man had a demon in him. He came there and submitted himself Did you get that? And jesus was able to help this guy I remember one sunday morning years ago Uh, I preached up on the platform in those days and uh, I remember I I I Walked up on the platform, I stood in front of this podium right here, and uh, as, soon as, I stood, as soon as I stood in front of the podium, the Spirit of God revealed to me that there was somebody in the sanctuary with a suicidal spirit. It's a bad thing, an ugly thing, bad thing. The devil tried to get you to kill yourself, did you know that? And I stepped up and the spirit of God revealed that to me and I said I just I this is I usually I'll stand up and greet somebody or say hello or how you doing today or something like that I just first thing out of my mouth probably freaked some visitors out I don't know first thing out of my mouth I said uh there's somebody here today with a suicidal spirit and God wants to set you free no more than I said that off to my left just you heard how I yelled just a minute ago it was like that only it was it was it was it was, it was I mean, make the hair stand up on the back of your neck. Off to my left, the lady just screeched. I don't know. If she was actually, she wasn't a member of the church. She was visiting that day, but see, she wanted help, and just by coming in here, she submitted herself to the authority that we have. Did you hear? Did you hear me? Did you get that? Yes. Now, if I had met her in Walmart or just walked up to her on the street, I would limited. Come, she came. She subjected herself. You understand that? good for her that she did and then and then we picked that up and i and then when she sh- shrilled and shrieked like that i said i just standing right on the place i said come out of her in the name of jesus and she flopped down just like a sack of salt hit just right back down on, on the chair and got up and delivered isn't that wonderful yes. praise god isn't jesus wonderful yes. praise god much more i could say about that but hey let let's let's close i need to close here go to first thessalonians two eighteen. And this will help you as much as any. Right here, as I close, First Thessalonians two eighteen, Paul said, "We wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and again, but somebody hindered us." Does anybody know who it was? Satan hindered us. How can Satan hinder the Apostle Paul? Satan hindered the Apostle Paul? Why didn't the Apostle Paul just take the name of Jesus and just 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 use his authority over Satan? Well, he did, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, go to Acts 13.50, look at this, look at this, this will help you, right here at the end, right here, one of the last things I have to say, this will help you. Acts 13.50, but the Jews stirred up the devout and prominent women of the, and chief men of the city, raised up persecution against Paul and Barnabas, and expelled them from their region. How can Satan really hinder you if you have authority over him in the name of Jesus, Here's what the devil will do. He'll find people that will yield their wills to him, and then those people will stand up against you. Has anybody ever run into that besides me? That'll answer a lot of questions right there. See, if it was just us dealing with the devil himself, we can stand in the authority of the name of Jesus and and beat him every time. But what the devil does is he finds people, sometimes well-meaning people, sometimes people... Now, in this case, he's... These people probably knew what they were doing to whatever degree. But a lot of times it's well-meaning people even. But they'll yield themselves to the devil. Many times it's not well-meaning people. But people will yield themselves to the devil. They'll yield their wills to the devil. And then they get those, the devil gets those people that come against you. Now we have authority over the devil. But we don't have authority over people and their wills. And that's where it really gets to be a struggle. Did you hear me? And uh, there's still authority you can stand in and whatnot, but, uh, but that's where it becomes challenging. And I don't have even all the answers on that, but it gives you something to chew on. Amen? You okay? It's when people yield themselves to the devil, that's where it gets more challenging. And there's things you can do. One is call the police. <laughs> all right. Somebody said, I'm going to take up a baseball bat. No, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. You can stand against them. I'm just saying when, you, when people get involved, that's when it gets more challenging. Did you get what I just said? And then last thing I want you to leave you with, uh, be sure you're a voter. Because I think that if you don't vote, you limit the authority that you have in, in, the, in the political system. Voting is a right, a right which we must, I think, do. I feel very strongly about it. Vote. I never tell you how to vote. You vote, however God leads you, but you vote. If you don't vote, it limit you limit your the authority you have. And even with the authority that we have, through voting, you can see you can't violate the president's will, can you? Can you? I wish we could, but you can't, you see. I wouldn't have the White House lit up in all them colors. See? So the way you change that is you vote, and you, you, you pray, and you vote, and, and, and you, you do your best to vote in godly people that won't let that kind of stuff happen in the society in which we live. See, there's more to it than just rebuking the devil, you see. There's even more to it than just praying. And, of course, when we pay uh, our taxes, that gives us another avenue of authority, so when you pay your taxes, don't grumble and complain, pay your taxes and just say I'm 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 just investing into authority here in this system. I will tell you this, we'll, we we how many of you know there's been police officers getting shot throughout the country? See, now we can pray certainly certainly we could pray and all that for all the parts of the country, but where would we have most authority? In Baltimore or in St. Louis? St. Louis. You see, because of the authority that we live here too, see, in this area. Did you get that? Did this help you at all? Well, stand with me if you would. Well, the Lord's good. Father, I pray that as we've shared this.